I don't know. We had a little intermission there before I prayed because probably I'm the one that most wants to go to the altar and pray. I mean, not more than you. But I was giving myself permission. You know, you don't want to throw anyone off. You don't want to, you know, you need to be careful, the Bible says, that you speak to where people are at. I mean, that's a real thing. That's not criticism. Um, and you don't want to teach above where they're at spiritually. You know, it, it, it's not that you try to, you know, connect with every single person, if you will, because that's God's jo- job, if, right? But at the same time, I mean, I am the new senior. Some some of you might know not know I'm the new senior pastor as the first year here. Um, you know, like, how do you get to know me unless I just tell you and talk and you know, this is like the best time, really, for right now. And so I, I need to share who I really am. And I'm, and I'm not, it's not like I'm somebody. And I, and I mean that, I'm, you know, maybe a little false humility there. How do you work through that? You know what I'm saying. But at the same time, you know, it's like this morning. I come in again, 6 o'clock or 6.30, somewhere in there. Sun's coming up and getting ready, and I, I love, I love you guys to, I mean, hang out right here, right there for like an hour. And then our custodian came in. What a sweet lady. She comes here at the same time and picks up so everything's clean and stuff. It's, ah, it's awesome. She goes, you know, we have no water. I said, no, I, I didn't know we have no so I'm scrambling, trying to find water, how it got shut off, or do we have a break? Do we, what do we need to do? And trying to get things established and together. And, and next, you know, another thing, another thing. Oh, good stuff. Praise God. It's okay. And it has a tendency, though, to distract and maybe pull me away a little bit from just trying to get myself here, you know? I don't know, I don't know how we do it sometimes. I know, like, if Trish and I are visiting somewhere and we just, like, show up at church, that's kind of hard sometimes. Because just by the time we're ready to worship God, I mean, maybe not you, but just by the time we're ready to worship God, and we're starting to, like, our heart's starting to hear what he has to say, it's like we go, amen, see you next Sunday. <laughs> you ever feel like that? I mean, maybe, again, it's just me. I'm not really sure. Well, we're going to continue in our journey. And uh, it's kind of skipping a stone, like I was saying before, and it's the vision for 2019 is equipping the saints, strengthening our families, and growing our faith. And today, we're going to be talking about strengthening our families. And as I talk about strengthening our families, just a quick reminder, it's like skipping a stone today. I'm not going to have a lot of depth uh, scripturally because I'm just giving an overview of where we're heading into the new year, Okay. And so we look at strengthening our families, and of course, we're looking at doing that, in, in our case, through the church. And the church is a family. Well, I mean, we are a family. And, and some of us are connected in different ways. Some, some might have come to that place where you're a born-again believer, you put your trust in Christ as your Savior, maybe some not, whatever the case may be. I mean, seriously, you're like family. I asked April to put on the website um, something like, you know, if, if you went on our website, it says something like, um, we can't wait to see you because we believe that whoever comes, God sends. And, and I'm telling you, I do. I, it's crazy. I've had, I have enough years behind me. Well, the Bible says God places as he pleases. 
But I have enough years behind me that he's shown me that to be so true. You're not here by mistake, period. It doesn't matter if you go, well, you know, I wasn't going to come here, and now I'm here. I'm going, well, guess what? God wants you here this morning. He wants me here this morning. I don't know. That's just, it's interesting. And, and the thing is, is as we strengthen our families, God desires to use the church to be a part of that. That we as a body would be an example to the independent families on what it looks like to follow Christ and, and to be empowered by Christ and to get through issues and things like that. So real quick, because I don't want to leave anyone hanging, you're probably wondering about last week's connection cards. Do you remember filling out last week's connection card? Who remembers that? Just checking. Who was here last week? Raise your hand. Okay. More of you filled out cards because I got a bunch of them. So so um, the thing I asked is, what is the number one area you need to be equipped in? And there was a lot of answers, but the majority of the answers, there was two of them. Number one was, I need to be equipped in my relationship with God, growing closer to God. That was very clear. I mean, you said it in a little bit of different ways, but it was very clear, growing closer to God. Being equipped to grow closer to God, that's a desire of a lot of us in this room this morning. And you might, you, you might say, well, that's obvious. I mean, that's a no-brainer. Well, no, it's not. No. Different people at different places and different seasons of time have, have different objectives, if you will. But for our body, a lot of us want to grow closer to God. You might think that sounds kind of simple, but you're going to see in a minute it's not. And the second thing is relationship with others. Patience and trust. Those are the two words that kept coming up. Patience for my family and trust in God. Patience for my family and trust that God will lead me. Patience in my family. I mean, that's big. Anyone here feel like you lack a little patience when it comes to, raise your hand if you lack a little patience. And I'm, I'm surprised Trish didn't come up and put my hand in the air. She, was, she tells me, I know it's so hard, right? I mean, I'm serious. It's hard. I mean, who can, who has a time to have patience? We don't, we don't have time to have patience. I don't know. That's tough, but that kept coming up. And I took these two things and, and actually the third thing, let me, re, let, let me mention, cause it was a lot of cards. Um, was that you wanted to grow stronger in doctrine. Now, that's important because, again, not every church body would, would, would hit that. Do you understand what I mean? That not every church body would mention, equip me in the doctrine that I need to know. Equip me in the Word of God. Yeah, okay. So I want to talk about this. It, it, it's, it's entering into uh, this morning, but... I talked about the altar earlier. That's why I kind of said, you know, well, that's my sermon. We can go home. So I'm not going to, I already hit it once, but I, I just want to say this again. And this is, this is the deal. You know, th- these are steps right here. They're steps and they got some carpet on it. And, and coming forward to kneel or to stand or to sit on steps that have carpet on it, Really has no relevance whatsoever, and don't don't tune me out, or you'll totally mess. You you won't get what I'm talking about. What makes this an altar is really is really just saying, you know, as a body, um, we're making this a place right here. It, it actually could be the back room. It could be a, a separate room. It could be you get what I'm. It could be anywhere. But as a body, and as as 
as uh, the pastor, shepherd of this body, I'm saying, you know what? Let's make a place where the body can, can move, can, can actually come forward and pray with others. It can come forward and seek God's counsel. It can come forward and, and literally lay hands on people. Now, and again, I, I, uh, you're gonna, I'm not talking so much charismatically, but, but like I said, I'm kind of a Baptist. I'll define that for some that need to know because they might go, oh my gosh. But the Bible's clear about if someone came forward and said, Pastor Tony, I feel a call on my life to be a pastor, to be a minister, to start a ministry. I feel there's this call. God just keeps bringing me back to it over and over again. And you came forward. Come forward. Let's pray. Let's agree in that. Now, I'm not saying we might necessarily agree with what you're doing at the time. I've had, I've, as, as an example, I had someone come forward that could not sing that was confident God was calling them to be the pastor of music. The two did not line up at all. But in his heart, he meant well. So, but hear this. So he came forward and we prayed, and I didn't say, I didn't laugh, and I didn't say, ha ha, you can't sing a lick. But in his heart, God was doing something. But because he came forward, it gave the opportunity for us to get together. Let's get together. Let's pray. Let's talk. And I'm telling you, that guy is like one of the best, him and his wife, children's directors I know to this day. And I'm not saying it's me. I'm saying it's God. But he got, he had, he said, I'm going to, I'm going to settle this. I'm going to go. I'm going to get up. I'm going to come forward. And I'm going to, I'm going to say, Pastor Tony, pray with me. Help me. Let's seek God together. And through equipping and counsel, they end up in a ministry that I believe they're called to, not music. It's not. <laughs> Get what I'm saying? We need this. We need to know that that's why we're here. It's, we, we can pray for one another. And so we call this an altar. If, if I say the word altar, because I don't, I don't know, who knows you believe what I mean by that? Raise your hand to help me to understand who I'm talking. Okay, okay, so we're good. Our connection card. We write out this and have this connection card so that we have an opportunity to give praise and to have prayer. Again, it's, it's, it's a place where we can go as a body and, and, and engage, um, not only, um, those that will be praying for you and, and celebrating with you in praise, but when you write things on your card that say, pray for my family because I feel like, um, we don't understand what it means because my grandma's in bad health. We don't know. We don't, we, we just don't understand. Very spe- specific things we can enter in as a body with you. And you will see more and more of that happening. Not because it's something we're, we, we're, we're supposed to do. It's because it's something that God's put on, on my heart to do. And our heart to do. And then it's just flat out Communication. Can I give you a little side note? Please, 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 when you fill out your cards, because it means a lot to me and to us, we've got to be able to read them. <laughs> like half the emails I send out, I get back, because I, you, we can't tell an I from an L, from an O, from a P, from an R, from a Q. Just a little side note. So if you write something on the connection card, um, now God can interpret your prayers, but um, I, I, can, I have to interpret your uh, your English you know, for the the uh, emails. Okay. Okay. And then our heart. We need, we need to be able to say, okay, heart, how do I engage God? How is God engaging me? And, and there's responses that, 
that really we need to make a decision about. Like, like that man that I knew that came forward saying, there's just something in my heart. I, I just, I don't want to let it go. I'm done just saying, okay, God, okay, God, okay, God. I need direction. I need prayer. And, and, and the thing is, if we don't act on it in some way, we'll never know what it is. No, that's for real. Now, that's in life, period. We live in such a busy life, that happens too. And you know what I mean. We have these dreams and, and I mean, legitimate. I don't just mean fantasies. I mean, these dreams and these, these desires to use our talents and gifts and to do something. And God keeps whispering in some of our hearts. You know what I mean? Whispering. You hear him whispering, just whispering. But if we don't ever act, we'll never know. There's got to be a time to act. There's got to be a time to respond to the call of God. So how will you respond? How will you respond? How will I respond? I'm going to keep sipping a little bit, so excuse me. That seems like a lot, I know. But let's look at this. This is uh, Ephesians 3.14. It says this. For this reason I bow my knee to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with his might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height, to know the love of Christ, which passes now that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, like I said, I'm not going to go real deep today. But I do want to say this. You got, you got Paul, he's in prison. I mean, great ministry happening, things going on. And, and he, now, quite frankly, I, I, prison's not, not good, especially if you know anything about prisons in those days. Oh, my goodness. They were dirt holes. Even describe what I know about prisons in those days. But yet, because he was in prison, all of a sudden he does this, this soul searching and this praying and this engaging God. And he finds his heart soon turning to not himself, but about others. With a sincerity, because there's a realization as, as Paul is, is contemplating this. And how do I know? Because I'm reading it. What he, he says, for this reason, I bow my knee to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. He's recognizing, and he knows who God is. He understands that, you know, that, that we all have struggles. You have an insert right here. If you have it, go ahead and pull it out. And a quarter of the way down, it says, moving our families toward Christ. And as I look at Ephesians, I understand that first sentence, and then I'm just going to kind of read through this real quick. That first sentence is, God's calling us to strengthen our families. I mean, he really is. As we look at where our families are at and, and what we're doing in our families, and by the way, what are families? Mom, dad, children. 
might be a single mom, might be a single dad. Grandparents. Families, families sometimes we think of families just maybe as um, a nucleus family. But this is a family. And as Paul is, is praying, he says that God would grant to you the riches of his glory. That you would be strengthened with the might of his spirit. That Christ might dwell in your hearts through faith. That you would be rooted up and grounded in love. That you would be able to comprehend the greatness of God. That you would know the love of Christ, which passes all knowledge. That you would be filled with the fullness of God. Do you see, he's looking, I'm telling you, he's in prison. And the next thing you know, what he's doing is he's getting away from himself. And he's starting to understand. And God's putting on his heart that he's God. He's creator. He is who he says he is. We can't, we can't leave behind promises that we know in the deepest part of our hearts about our families and his love and the love he wants to give to us. We can't, we can't just say, well, you know, I, I get it, but God doesn't live in my world. We, we, we can't go there. We come to a place where we get on our knees and we just say, God, you are who you say you are. You are here. You are in control. And something happens in our heart, the heart created by God. Listen, everyone in this room, I believe, wants to have a strong family. I mean that. You want to have a strong family? It starts with you. This thing about it's someone else or, you know, well, I've tried and it doesn't work or it'll never work in in God's economy. Because God's economy is I am in you. I am in you. Why do you think it's on your heart, Tony? Because I am in you. Do you not trust me? Do you not know I am who I am, that I am? Do you not know that I'm the creator of the heavens and earth? And Paul's, Paul's saying, you know what my prayer is? And seriously, you, you know what my prayer is for me, for you? And I mean this. I, I, when I come in in the morning, I ain't bragging on myself, man. As a matter of fact, I don't know. It's pretty, it's pretty humbling, actually. But when I come in, I come in with the, the world on me. And I have to stop. And I have to be here an hour. Otherwise, I couldn't even preach. i just be honest with you. That same song is cool. I didn't know Pastor Larry was was uh, going to play it. I played three times over and over this morning. I go, what, what? <laughs> there was this man that came to me, came forward. said, Pastor Tony, I'm struggling. Don't know what to do. I, I lost my house. My, my wife left with our two children. And uh, I, I'm filing for bankruptcy. I'm going to call him Sam, although his name ain't Sam, but in kind of the same scenario. Hey, will you meet with me? Let's pray. Let's discover together what the word of God and the promises he has for you. Yeah. And we met and we prayed. I would say within two or three weeks, the next thing I know, he's called me up. He's attending church again, which he stopped for about a year. A, a believer, a faithful Going to church, believer. Stopped going to church, lost everything, his, included his family. 
calls me up all excited. You ain't going to believe this. He does a laundromat. A laundromat just came up for sale. And I went and met the people. I have no credit. I'm, I'm in bankruptcy. I went to the people. They said that I could move in, no money down, and take over the business. And, and he's, I won't scream and holler because I noticed when I do that, people jump. <laughs> but he was screaming and hollering, and I, and I was too. I saw, so let's meet because we're meeting once a week. We met, and he goes, yeah, this is awesome. Good, great. Another month goes by. You ain't going to believe this. Another laundromat is closed, and they heard I took this one over. It's doing such a great job. They're going to literally let me move in here, no money down. I'm kidding. Really, this is a true story. We praised God again, and next thing I know, he wasn't at church one Sunday. And, hey, where you at? Well, I had a machine break down, and, you know, I'm making a, it's a long story. I got to make it shorter. Hands up with three laundromats in a matter of six months. You want to talk about one happy dude that within the seventh month stopped coming to church entirely, and by a year, he lost all the businesses. Now, why would I share a bummer story? Because, you know, it's not just about praying and receiving something we think we want. He got to a place in his life where he lost everything, including his wife and children, which to this day, as far as I know, they've never been reconciled. But out of desperation, he, 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 was, he was saying that God was blessing him, and actually I believe he was. He wanted to bless him with maybe a laundromat, not three. You know how I know that? Because it took him away from him. And we need to understand that as we look at who God is, guys, it's not our knowledge. He's, it, it's not us. It's, it's not our decisions that, that keep us out of trouble. It's decisions God gives us when we're close to him. We're going to be a family and have families that grow and strengthen. Then I just got to lay it out there. It ain't about your family. It's about you. That's for real. You can always blame your wife, your children, your dog, floods, whatever. But bottom line, no matter what happens, good or bad, it's going to be about you and your relationship with God. And whether you believe he is who he is or not. There's a scripture. I pulled one out of many, 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 of course, to do with families. But there's a scripture in Ephesians that says, honor your father and your mother. This is, uh, hey, kids, honor your father and your mother. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. When will things be well with us? When we honor the things and the word that God gives us. There, there is no other time. Not really. Then it goes on and says, and you fathers... Do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Now listen, and it says, and you fathers, that's the you part. It really is 
right here. Me or you. Near to God. God created us to love him and express that love to others. We want to do stuff when really all he wants is us. I'm out in the backyard. Um, actually, I was preparing for this message some. And I'm sitting. We have a fenced-in yard, and I'm sitting on a chair, and I have my my MacBook. And uh, my grandson, six-year-old Duncan, comes up, and he says, Papa, give me a ride. I have this big old two-wheeled cart. It's huge. It's a monster. It's awesome. He likes to get on it, and, like, I can push him really fast. It has big pneumatic wheels. Some of you guys know what I mean. And you just, man, just go all over the place. Give me a ride. Come on. I, no, donkey, I'm sorry. I can't. I, I'm right in the middle of this. I got the dog out. And I don't want to put my laptop down. Oh, come on, Papa. Okay. No, I can't, Duncan. I'm sorry. Later, tomorrow. And after about 20 minutes of him constantly trying to give me to give him a ride, he finally... Gets up, comes over to where I was sitting, and he looks at my computer screen, and he kind of look at him because he has this inquisitive look. He he looks and looks. He goes, Papa, what you're doing doesn't look more important than me. Ah, you ever have those moments? Our family will follow if we lead them. Again, I'm just talking about dads. Single moms, single dads, grandma, grandpas. You know, if you're in a position where you are being an example or leading your family, I I just got to tell you, um, they will follow don't believe a lie that they won't. Now, now, granted, if if you haven't been uh, such a great leader, uh, especially in God's word or in, in his principles, uh, don't expect like if you've been t- 10, 20, 30 years not leading your family, then all of a sudden you go, oh, I'm going to lead my family. Like everything will fall in place and it's going to be a hunky-dory and they're just going to follow you. Hey, that ain't going to probably happen. I guess by a miracle of God, seriously, it could. But probably it won't. You know, we do reap what we sow, and if we spend a lot of time sowing not-so-good things or things not of God, I mean, they don't have to be bad, but things not of God, there is no expectation that all of a sudden that it's just going to turn around suddenly because because you know in your heart it's the right thing to do. So that's why we go through an equipping time. That's why we'll spend some time being equipped in what the Word of God says about families. We're going to spend only in those three areas this year, the equipping, the families, and faith. On purpose. And that's a story about Duncan. And then there's the gospel. The truth. The death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. The son of the creator that we just heard about in Ephesians. The gospel is crazy. It's foolishness. It's what the Bible says. And it is. Whenever anyone tried to tell me about Jesus, number one, I'd go, 
Well, that was a guy that lived a long time ago, and it doesn't make sense. Or especially if someone tried to tell me that this guy died for me, it doesn't make sense. And that's why we need to understand that it doesn't make sense. And, the, and God knew it doesn't make sense. And God said in his word that it's foolishness to those who don't believe. Of course it would be foolishness. How in the world will we ever understand that God, creator God, sent his son, died on the cross for my sins thousands of years ago, and today I can pray, receive, and trust in him, and, and then I become what the Bible says, saved or born again. How does that, any of that make sense? And I go back to Paul's prayer that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. You're not going to ever think your way to salvation. It ain't going to happen. You know, I used to debate with people. When I first went to college, I was saved at 32, so I went to college later to go to Bible college and stuff like that. <laughs> hey, don't do this, but I'm kidding you not. Two o'clock in the morning, I'd be getting a phone call. Where are you at? Your class got off, got out at seven. I said, I'm talking to Jim, and you know what? I'm going to convince him that he needs to be saved. Oh, it's my wife calling me. Sorry. Thank you. But she would call me up. I don't recommend that and don't do that, but I'm just telling you. It happened all the time because I thought somehow I could impart my knowledge into your mind and you could be saved. <laughs> hey, it ain't going to happen. And this, 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 this God that, that we're talking about here, our God, creator God, the only way we can come to a place of salvation is, is just like the, what Paul is praying here, that, that God would reveal to you because only he can the truth. That you are a sinner. I am a sinner separated from our creator. He created us to be in direct relationship with him. And our sin separates us from him because a holy God can't be with a sinful Tony. Makes sense. I mean, they're not, I mean, if you think about it, that kind of makes sense. But it's God who imparts into us for all of sin and falls short of the glory of God. And if we're not careful, and I want to be careful here, but I'm telling you, there's many times, even even people that have gone to church for a long time, uh, rewind your memory to how I started this whole sermon out. If we're not careful, you know, it it, be, it becomes about just church. And, and it can become just about knowledge. And if we're not careful, even as, even as someone that comes to church, I know people, uh, quite a few actually, over now, over 20, 24 or 5 years, um, that have been in church 5, 10, 20, 30 years, and then one day it just hit them like a ton of bricks. It's not my knowledge. I was always told it was by faith, which it is, but I was always told it was by faith. So I automatically believed in my head because I didn't want to go to hell. I wanted to go to heaven. So I said, yeah, I want to pray that prayer. I, I want to be saved. And you know what? They were so far lost, they weren't even close to salvation. Only by the word of God and the spirit of God can someone be saved. Whether you've been in church 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, never been to church in my life. I told you, I woke up one morning, never one time church in my life, got up, went to church, was saved. Just so it doesn't matter whether it's a year or a hundred years. But what does matter is our faith that believes because God put it there. My wife, Trish, a week after I was saved, she couldn't believe the change in me. Two weeks, it was unbelievable. She just like, you've changed. 
and not because, not because of, I'm just telling you, I was just being me and I, and I, I, I just God. And she, so we sat down with the pastor, nothing wrong with this, but we sat down with the pastor. He asked Trish, do you want to be saved like your husband? You kidding me? If, if, if it means that kind of joy and that, that we, this, yeah. He said, well, just pray this prayer. I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. I believe in you. I believe in you. I repent of my sin. I repent of my sin. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, you're saved. Don't get me wrong. I like tracks. It was a track. The next five months, I hope you don't mind me saying this, was like a literal hell in the spiritual realm. We weren't, we wouldn't talk to each other for days. Constant bickering on her part, not mine. I'm just like, I'm praying. <laughs> I don't think they believe me. I don't. <laughs> I'd stay out on the recliner and she'd go to bed. And, and I'm just like, what in the world? And I kept, I said, Trish, did you, like, did you get saved? I didn't know big words. I didn't, that's all I knew. Did you? Of course I did. Do you think, do you think you're better than I am? And then I'd start another argument. And I, oh, no. About five months in, I went to bed again for many times during that five months without Trish. I, I just said, Trish, were you sincere when you asked Jesus to be your Savior? I, I didn't know how else to ask it. I wasn't a theologian. I didn't have scripture in my heart to share. I didn't. And she didn't answer me that time. And, and I went to bed, and I got up the next morning getting ready for another argument. And she just looked at me, and I said, I just knew something was different. I said, what's up? She said, you know, I kept hearing your voice over and over saying, were you sincere? I didn't know what to do, so I, I opened up the Bible to First John, and I just started reading. And before I knew it, I can't explain it, but the Spirit of God told to me, or spoke to me and said I wasn't sincere, that I was a sinner separated from him. And it wasn't a decision someone else could do or a prayer that I could make. It was God himself telling me that I wasn't saved, and I wasn't. And she said, I got down on my knees, and the best I could, I asked Jesus to be my Savior. And she goes, you know what, though? He did. He became my Savior. It's not about knowledge. And seriously, I would never want anyone to doubt their salvation, but even if you've been in church all your life and you're sitting in this room today, i got to just tell you, there's a time where God revealed to you the need to be saved and imparted faith to you where you had to make a choice to put your trust in Jesus or not. If there's not that time, I, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, come and let's talk, let's pray. But the Bible says that the Holy Spirit of God reveals to us our salvation. If you have to ask the question, well, I'm not sure if I'm saved, then, then you're not. I mean, I don't, how else, well, how else can I say that? 
And maybe this morning you're just going, well, you know what? The Spirit of God's telling me he is real. And today's my day of salvation. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day that you've given us. Morning to worship together, to be together. You, you place as you pleased this morning, each and every one of us here. And Lord, we're praying and we're claiming in your name, in Jesus' name, that salvation would come to your house today. That if there is one person, which surely there is, Lord, I, I, I don't know men's heart, but you do. But if there's but one person that you're speaking to their heart, you're, 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 you're just a still small whisper. And you're saying, come to me, it's true. Turn from trying to live life your way. Repent, turn, and put your trust in me. I'm telling you it's true. Now, you're going to have to believe by faith and be obedient. And when you do, Jesus invades your heart. The Spirit of God comes in. It's what we call being saved being born again. We're thanking you and we're loving you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now we're going to receive offering. It's going to be a little different today. Well, here, let me read this scripture. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, For God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. 2 Corinthians 9, 7. One thing I want us to understand this morning is this. The giving of ourselves is an act of worship. I mean, right now we're going to receive an offering. And I pray that we, we understand one thing this morning. It's not an offering in the head. It's not just a knowledge that we should give to a church or a church body. You know, like we're here and we should give. It's an offering of the heart, and it's not about money. It includes money. Of course it does. The Word of God includes it. But if we make it about money, then we, we have no offering. It's about the heart. It's an act. It's an act of saying, God, you are God, and and when I give, I give from my heart, not from my head. And again, I'm not saying for everyone here or even myself or even every time, you know, that, that this can naturally happen. But when we give this morning, I want us to be reminded that it's about our heart. And as we give this morning, I want us to consider just a couple of things. I want us to, first of all, stop and just, like, take this deep breath. And I want you to prepare. I want you to prepare your heart. I want you to fill out your connection card. I want you to share and communicate and give praise and ask for prayer. That's what God wants. He wants our heart. He wants us to be a body, a family. Give as an act of worship and thanksgiving today. Amen.
So, ushers, would you please come forward? But I'm, I'm going to ask you to sit in the front just for a moment. So please come forward. Thank you. Just have a seat. Pastor Larry is going to play. I want us to reflect a little bit on the sermon today. I want us to reflect a little on where we are, we're at in our salvation. And I'm saying I, as a shepherd, I do, but you know, God does. God wants us to reflect on who we are as leader in our families. He really does. In our home. Don't you give up. I've been, I've been around too long to know. We, we, we have a tendency to give up. Don't. God desires to empower you, to equip you, to strengthen you, to give you his word that will guide you and direct you and anoint you. I'm sure it might take a little time. But don't you give up. As you give today, pray. For you, for your family, for your church. Pray. It's it's okay. (laughs) We We don't need to hurry. We don't need to rush. We really don't. Most in this room realize sometimes when we're the busiest in life and we really don't know what's going on in life because we're so busy when something comes along that makes us stop. We trade it all in for that busyness. God is good. I still say from up here, I got the best seat in the house looking at all your smiling faces and just watching God stare, stir up the body. It's awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for uh, a heart that gives cheerfully. heart that desires to follow after you for your peace. A heart that desires to trust you. Just sometimes We just don't know how sometimes. Speak to us. Equip us. May we be a body that's known to pray for one another. That reaches out beyond ourselves, our own families, and even this church body. For the world is yours, we're reminded this morning. For the world gives you praise. For you are God. We're claiming it to your glory.